Okay. Um, this is Richard Haig, Chairman of the Airport or the Aviation Advisory Board. It's 710, and we're going to go ahead and get started. We'll start with uh, the official remarks from Scott. Thank you, everyone. Uh, my name is Scott Wagner. I'm the Lawrence uh, Airport Manager. Welcome to the May 18th, uh, 2022 meeting of the Aviation Advisory Board. Sorry, we're a little delayed tonight. We're out at the airport uh, at a tour of the uh, Live Star Hangar. I have a few housekeeping items for this. This is a hybrid meeting. Uh, Richard Haig, Chairman of the, airport, of the Aviation Advisory Board. It's 710, and we're going to go ahead and get started. We'll start with uh, the official remarks from Scott. Thank you, everyone. Uh, my name is Scott Wagner. I'm the Lawrence uh, Airport Manager. Welcome to the May 18th, uh, 2022 meeting of the Aviation Advisory Board. Sorry, we're a little delayed tonight. We're at a, good, airport, good job. Uh, at a tour of the uh, Live Star Hangar. I have a few. What should we do, Kurt? Well, you want to try to pull this out? Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. My name is Scott Wagner. I'm the Lawrence Airport Manager. Welcome to the May 18th, 2022 meeting of the Aviation Advisory Board. I have a few housekeeping items for this hybrid meeting. City staff and aviation board members will be in person at City Hall. Virtual participation is allowed for any participant, including staff and the public. Live public comment can be made in person or at City Hall or virtually using the Zoom link. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. If you're on Zoom, please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you're not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled and all chats will go directly to me. When the chair, uh, Mr. Haig here, calls for in-person public comment, individuals should in indicate if they wish to speak. Staff will direct you to the podium if you're present here uh, at City Hall. Individuals participating via Zoom should use the raise hand function to indicate they wish to speak and please state your name before speaking and comments will be limited to three minutes. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And now I'll turn the meeting back over to our chair, Richard Hague. Okay. At this time, we'll open it up to a public comment. If anybody has something that they want to interject before we get to the regular agenda items. Anybody online? I'm not right. seeing we'll, anyone online. We'll go to the first uh, item on the agenda is to approve the February 2nd meeting minutes. And does any of the board members or anyone have anything they'd like to see changed on the on the minutes? Uh, the only comment I have, Richard, is that the meeting was scheduled for a specific date and we changed it. And I don't know if we need to alter that in the minutes or not. Okay. Just a notation that it was shifted to another. We, we can do that for this meeting. This is the meeting that was shifted, yeah. And this was the minutes on the last meeting, it said it would be whatever the date was May 3rd or whatever, yeah. But since the meeting was planned at that time, it was changed after that, yeah. We'll just go with what was stated. okay, that's fine. Just wanted to make okay. Sure. Um, the one thing I would like to add is that uh, the public comment from, from Ron Rents was asking about the process and why it was not brought into this in front of this board at that time with the Lifestar hangar RFP and, and contract. So I would like to, the minutes to reflect Ron's interest in, in that item. Uh, staff, this is, I guess we don't have to introduce our name and title anymore since we're kind of in a hybrid format, but yeah, staff can add that. All right. Any other changes? 
Okay, with that that change added to the minutes, do I have someone that wishes to make a motion to approve? Motion to approve. Motion by Tiffany, seconded. I'll second. Second by Jim Lasseter. So um, I guess we can just do a normal uh, vote instead of a roll call vote. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Five? Six. Six zero. All right. We'll move to the receive the uh, United Way update on uh, the airport event. We have Peggy. <laughs> It is going to be August 27th, and we will have a day event and an evening event. And I believe you received the information I sent out to you, which summarized what we have secured so far with with planes and pilots and we'll have rides and we'll have kid activities and, and we'll have a static air display and uh, maybe potentially a tour of the Eurotech's um, hangar that they use to refurbish their helicopters. So I won't go too much into detail. I think the biggest thing, which probably helps give you guidance is the map that we designed, which shows how we would uh, partition off and barricade on the tarmac so people won't wander out there into the active traffic. We show where the static display will be. Uh, we show where our children activity will be. We have spaces for handicap parking, several porta potties throughout. We have our location for uh, parking in general. And um, Doug Compton has been very gracious to offer to open up his hangar so people could view, view his planes that are not being used that day. And even said, if, if possible, maybe they could be pulled out of the hangar, but we'll need to make sure that does not impede any flow of the uh, taxi, which is a little bit close right there. So we have a, a fair amount of activities secured. Volunteers should not be a problem. We have a Roger Hill Volunteer Center. We, we've provided a lot of volunteers last year for our different organizations, so that should work. We've contacted the Civil Air Patrol, Kansas High School Honor Society, um, KU Aerospace Engineering Department, uh, and we've got a variety of them uh, secured. Derek Rogers with Park and Rec has been very accommodating in supporting us with shuttle buses if we need flow over parking at the Tanger Mall and with some barricades. So um, everything really is coming along quite nicely. I would just open it up for any questions you might have that I could clarify. I think everything sounds great. <laughs> Again, we'll take any extra airplanes that people want to donate for flights and what have you. Richard's graciously doing that. So Pass those along if you know of anyone. Thank you for your support. We appreciate it. Thank you, Peggy. Okay. And move on to the airport manager's report. Yeah. I'm Scott Wagner, airport manager. Um, I know we've got kind of a packed agenda tonight, so I'll just kind of touch on the highlights of my report since we last met and leave some time for questions. Um, 
just kind of going down the list after we met on February 2nd, uh, staff did send out a notice to all the airport tenants and business owners regarding the official name change of our airport to now we are Lawrence Regional Airport. So that's uh, kind of big news on our end. We want to make sure everyone was uh, aware of that. Diane and I, Diane Sautert is present here tonight, and I want to thank her for coming to our aviation board meeting. She's uh, an assistant city manager and also oversees MSO operations, uh, which the airport falls under. She and I worked hard on a couple base grant applications, uh, which were uh, some funding put out there by the Kansas Department of Commerce. Uh, I, uh, in conjunction with uh, other uh, MSO staff, put together a, about a $6.9 million package, hoping for a, a lot of state funding from that program. Unfortunately, we received notice that they got a lot of applications uh, for that base grant, and uh, we, we unfortunately did not uh, receive uh, funding for that particular grant application, but it was a, a good process to go through, and it got our name out there, uh, at least in front of the state, uh, that you know there's a lot of work to be done at our airport, and we would like some funding for it. So I think it was a good, good process, and we never know. Uh, Diane can correct me if I'm wrong there could be some other um, opportunities uh, from commerce uh, from those grants uh, the Kansas Association of Airports is having their annual meeting June 14th to 16th in Dodge City and I, I do plan to attend that that was super helpful for me last year to attend as a new airport manager met lots of contacts uh, from both FAA staff engineering staff and, and airport managers throughout the state and I've relied on uh, those folks I met last year um, this past year. So that's a, just a great conference uh, for me. Uh, the four state conference is coming up. Uh, luckily it's always held in the Kansas city region. And this year it's August 24th to the 26th. I know last year, um, Dan Bourne was able to attend from the board. Um, it's, uh, again, a super helpful conference from the, uh, central four state region, which comprises of, uh, Kansas, uh, Iowa, uh, Nebraska, and Missouri. Uh, so there's lots of great regional staff there, along with FAA staff and, and vendors to talk to. And I'm sure I could find funding uh, for uh, at least one airport advisory board member to attend that conference uh, uh, in August. So um, you know, please let me know after the meeting. Uh, I guess if you're interested in doing that, it would be a you know, time commitment on your guys' part. Uh, Dan can talk to that. But it's it's about two and a half days worth of meetings. It's about two and a half. About two and a half days worth of meetings, and they're really informative, really valuable. Uh, I'd encourage um, someone to take advantage of this. I'd take advantage of it myself, but I've been there like two or three years in a row, and I think it's time to uh, – only funding for one, I think it's time for me to step aside and let somebody else um, do that. Great. <laughs> Keeping going down my list, um, I think back at our last meeting, I announced that the city, under the new bipartisan infrastructure legislation uh, that was passed uh, late last year. We've been awarded annually about $295,000, uh, but a separate part of that uh, bill package, uh, FAA made available under a new program uh, geared towards airport terminal improvements. And so that grant application was due March 28th, and I put together a, a funding application to do various uh, improvements to the terminal and uh, airport road in the total amount of $1,994,000. Um, announcements under that grant program are expected later this summer. I'm cautiously optimistic uh, that we may get funding under that. Um, and in fact, uh, I, I, we have started a um, 
an RFP for engineering and architectural services that would be needed uh, if we should happen to get that grant um, because our current airport engineer Garver, which we selected last summer, we only interviewed them for kind of a short list of projects that were on our five-year CIP list. Uh, so FAA informed us that we'd have to go through another selection process. So I am looking for a volunteer tonight to, to serve on that uh, selection committee. And we can come back to that in just a second. Keeping going down the list, uh, Garver, uh, who's our current airport engineer. Again, we selected them last summer. Uh, they took over for ADG. Um, they are they are super connected with FAA uh, central staff. Um, they arranged for us to have a meeting April 27th uh, in downtown Kansas City with uh, FAA staff uh, to really discuss um, our list, uh, laundry list of uh, Lawrence Airport CIP projects and what they were going to fund in in the coming year. And the, you know the takeaway from our meeting uh, with FAA staff on that is. Um, you know, they're going to fund some projects for us in the next coming uh, federal fiscal year. It looks like the, the apron project is going to get funded. Uh, the improvement of taxiway A is going to get funded, and they've added taxiways B and C to that project with the encouragement of Garver. Um, and they're going to add about a half million dollars of lighting to taxiway A, new LED lights uh, to that project. Uh, the taxiway project as well. So that was a super positive meeting. Um, we were the first uh, staff that FAA had met with in person in, in two years. Uh, FAA central staff is just kind of coming back into the office. So it was a, it was super great to, to be able to meet face to face with uh, those guys. Um, just a quick update on a few projects that's been happening at the airport since our last meeting. You guys just passed through one of the gates uh, we just automated on the west side of the airport. Uh, we automated the gate also near uh, the terminal. And uh, Jaeger Construction did a, a good job with that. And uh, it was completed uh, just in the last few weeks and within budget. Uh, the airport terminal, uh, we had a small, about $120,000 CIP project uh, that we had funded in last year's City of Lawrence CIP, not to be confused with the FAA-awarded uh, CIP process. Um, and that project was awarded to BA Green. Uh, they've been working on it the last couple months. And um, I just got an email yesterday from Tracy Green that I think they pretty much wrapped up. Everything with that project. So uh, if you haven't been to the terminal, uh, please get out there. There's a new uh, ADA accessible bathroom kind of in the canteen area and new tiling in the canteen area, new window coverings, and both bathrooms have uh, been remodeled. So um, those are in good shape. And again, that was a, a City of Lawrence project. A couple uh, priority maintenance projects that's been happening at the airport. New uh, heaters have been uh, put in in the uh, maintenance hangar that Hetrick Air Services uses. Um, and that was about a, a $30,000 project. And it was just completed a few weeks ago. Uh, we also put new windows in there in that hangar at a, a cost of about uh, $14,000. Um, I think I went over this project at our last meeting uh, that the fuel pumps are kind of at the end of their life and we've reconfigured some some funds to address that issue. Uh, I had a meeting with uh, some of our MSO staff uh, in April. They've put together some cost options in there. Um, believe that they can at least uh, amend the, you know, the uh, fuel pump 
equipment that needs to be replaced within the, the budget we've put together, $50,000. And I'm just waiting for uh, some firm estimates from our fleet maintenance staff on that project. Uh, the drain replacement project, that turned into a much bigger bigger project than I thought it was going to be. Um, we had a, a sinkhole kind of developed at our fly-in event in September. Uh, once staff got to investigating that a little bit more, it was determined that um, kind of the drains off the apron there really needed to be replaced. And so that turned into uh, about a, almost a $40,000 project. But hopefully that will address uh, a lot of the uh, drainage off the apron. Uh, and if it doesn't, um, you know, Garver will be looking at that as our design engineer for the apron project as well and making sure that new grades uh, established with the apron project, you know, drain, drain the apron properly. Um, let's see. I'm, Finally, a couple fun items. I uh, gave a tour to students from the Kansas School for the Deaf out of Voletha last week at the airport, and they got to uh, walk through the Eurotech hangar, and they got to sit in Derek Rogers' uh, um, Chinese yak, I guess it is what it's called, uh, airplane. Uh, and it was just a, a great opportunity for those kids to come out to the airport. And finally, as you guys know, you were just out at the Lifestar hangar. Uh, we've been working with uh, SAF uh, with Lifestar to work on a month-to-month uh, -month lease to keep them on the hangar until you know staff in conjunction with you guys figure out kind of a long-term plan for that facility. And I can report that that lease was approved on last night's city commission agenda. So we have Lifestar uh, confirmed to be in the building, kind of in the space that they've been occupying uh, under the, the previous uh, Gutworks uh, tenant, um, at least, you know, for the time being. So I think the only item I needed to return to is probably a volunteer to serve on an RFP selection process for the terminal project. And I'll be happy to answer any other questions. What do the dates look like for that? Um, probably conducting interviews uh, in mid to late June. So that would probably be a, a, a half day commitment. And um, that, would, that would be the primary commitment of a uh, person sitting in on that process. I wouldn't mind. Jim? Committing to Great. That's okay with the board. We'll slot Jim Laster in for that. That job, and I'd be happy to answer any other questions about my work tonight. Is there are there any other questions for Scott from board members or the public? Um, nope, I think Ron's comment. Oh, yes, sir. Um, on the uh, taxiway improvement, we've been talking a long time to extend the north-south parallel taxi runway 119. Is there any been talk of that to extend the far end of that? Because that's a safety hazard where you got to back taxi on the runway to if you're going to use runway 19 for departure. So basically, the taxiway, the parallels one and one niner has never been extended. It's taxiway to the Delta, so, I think. So if somebody back taxis, they actually back taxi on the mm -hmm. runway after taxiing on 1533, they'll back taxi on one and one niner and have to turn around at the end instead of being able to taxi parallel to the runway for in, and allow for incoming aircraft. Then they turn to go, and that's it's been on the uh, one of the uh, um, improvement projects for, but it kept kept getting bumped down the road. We've had that on the list for the last twenty years, and it just yeah. always keeps bumped. It, I just want to make sure we keep it on the list. There, it made it. It made it to the 
one or two a couple times, and then it got bumped for for higher priority items. But make sure. Um, you know, I, I can say we, it wasn't a topic of this discussion a couple weeks ago, but you know, certainly if, if that was on our CIP list, we we can. The board can always revisit that. On the and, CIP list. Yeah. What's that? I think it's been on the CIP list. But it, yeah, but I think yeah, the pavement issues and ramp the, and everything's kind of yeah. got priority, so it's never really it never kind of makes the list. Door. Yeah, but so, so we can certainly you know keep talking about it. Uh, That's why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Anyone else? And uh, Lloyd's uh, out of town, and I asked him if he had anything to. To add to the meeting as far as an FBO report. And I didn't hear anything, so I'm going to go with, with Lloyd's got no comment for tonight. And uh, let's go to uh, Clancy Maloney for uh, an update on the Air Race Classic. I will see what I can tell you. We had a big meeting yesterday with all the committee, and thank you. And everybody looks over to my left. We just got these in, in the mail yesterday as a big surprise. Uh, posters that, uh, at least one poster and a big banner that we can put up out at the airport uh, for the event. And right now, the event, as everybody I hope recalls, is June 21st through 24th. And we're going to need all the help we can get on the 21st through the 24th. Early the 21st, we'll start setting up. And we have... Um, Tents that were canopies that will be going up on the ramp and another one out where the timers will be in between the uh, the uh, runway 0119 and the taxiway there so that they can set up. Um, so far, we have between 40 and 50 volunteers that have signed up for us. And um, we will be giving all of our volunteers a hat with this on it. Can everybody, that doesn't work very well. In any case, everybody has a copy of it. And um, there will, uh, if they should, when they show up, they'll check in at the terminal in the morning and get their hat and their assignment, and we'll be ready to rock and roll. We expect, I just got the latest um, count on from the Air Race Classic headquarters, and they had originally had 53 airplanes signed up, six have scratched. So we're looking at 47 airplanes over about a three-day period to show up. The earliest one could show up would be the afternoon of the 21st, we are stop number six, which is about 1,400 miles through the race, which starts at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, but has to conclude by 8.30 p.m. local time, wherever uh, the airplanes land. So if somebody were really speedy and really diligent, they could make it all the way to Lawrence. So we're we're going to be ready for them starting mid-afternoon on the 21st. And then the last airplane should leave no later than early to mid-afternoon on the 24th. So airplanes will be here between 6.30 in the morning and 8.30 at night for four days. That's all I got. Questions? And we'll take any more volunteers. If somebody does want to volunteer, who do they get a hold of me or Tammy Willits or Sarah Thompson? But if you can find me easier, I'll pass you along. There you go. All right. Thank you, Clancy. Mm -hmm. hey, a quick update on the youth uh, aviation camp. We do have 30 campers um, signed up, ready to go. Um, we were able to go through all the old inventory on T-shirts, and we do have enough T-shirts for all the campers. 
And so everything looks like the weather's going to cooperate. We should be, uh, be good to go on, on Saturday. So hopefully everything will go off without a hitch. Okay, the next type of subject is the uh, discussion on the Lifestar Hangar, the RFP for proposals and the next steps that we're going to go on. Um, I don't know if you want me to, to start off with what's going on there. Or... Well, I've got my staff report. If you only hit highlights of that, Richard, and we'll do that back to you. And we go. But... Sure. Uh, Scott Wagner, airport manager. Uh, so this is an update on kind of where we've been and hopefully where we're going in terms of the Lifestar hangar. And I'll just kind of hit some highlights of uh, the report I had in your packet tonight. Um, so the board members, we started out uh, tonight's meeting out at that facility. It's located on the west side of the uh, airport. Uh, street address is 1930 North 7th Street, and the city uh, owns that hangar. Uh, the hangar has been leased by Gutworks LLC, a Lawrence company owned by Ron Renz. And Ron had entered into a 20-year lease for that uh, facility in March of 2001, and that lease expired at the end of March 2022, and we extended that for one more month. Um, on September 24th, 2021, we had provided notice to Mr. Renz that we weren't going to automatically extend the lease and that we were going to go through an RFP process for uh, use of that hangar. So as you guys found out tonight, the hangar is also occupied by Lifestar of Kansas, and we learned more about uh, their operations and how they're utilizing uh, a portion of the hangar uh, this evening. And of course, we learned how they serve Lawrence and Northeast Kansas uh, from that uh, facility. Um, so as I had expressed to various members of the board, it's been, you know, our intent to keep Lifestar as a tenant at our airport. Uh, we've learned uh, how important they are to Lawrence Fire and Medical Services uh, and serving this community. And so, as I reported earlier, we, we do have them at least on a month to month lease uh, currently, which we didn't have before. Um, kind of a quick breakdown on the building as you walk through it tonight. Uh, the, the, the portion of the building where the, the hangars are located was originally constructed in 1961. So it's going on, um, you know, uh, 60 years old now. Uh, it previously kind of served as a community hangar. And then the city added about uh, 2,200 square foot of office space in 1999. So that was kind of the portion of the building that we entered into mm -hmm. uh, where uh, Ron had his office space and where Lifestar has kind of their office uh, um, sleeping quarters and mm -hmm. their medical crew. Uh, so it's that far west side of the, the building that was added on. So the process we went through, we issued an RFP in November. Um, we did an appraisal on the building. Uh, we received a lot of interest. Uh, we got five responses back, and that list of companies uh, that responded back in December are listed in the memo. Um, we had a committee that you know, interviewed candidates, and we had um, a company that we had um, recommended uh, to the uh, city manager's office, and we had put that recommendation on uh, the February 15th, uh, 2022 city commission agenda. However, uh, after I started to get some questions from um, the aviation board and uh, from Hetrick Air Services about that particular company and the process that we went through, we, we did pull that agenda item. And then finally, a few weeks ago, um, we decided uh, to reject all of those proposals and kind of start over. 
uh, which brings us kind of here tonight. Uh, staff is is ready to uh, listen to the board in terms of what you would like to see um, with that hangar going forward. Um, I did put in there some uh, FAA limitations uh, in terms of what hangars can be used for on airport property, uh, but basically the crux is, of it is they need to be used for aeronautical purposes, and that kind of list of details is some of uh, in the Federal Register uh, that was provided with the uh, agenda packet. So the possible list of those options, I did kind of um, list them out. And of course, you guys may come up with oh, something that's, that's not mentioned here. But one possible option is to work with LifeStar directly, either on a short-term or a longer-term lease of that facility. Um, LifeStar provides a critical public safety um, resource for the city. So it's within the city's authority to just enter into direct negotiations with LifeStar, if that's the direction of the, the board. Of course, staff... You know, you guys are an advisory board. We're going to take your recommendations uh, and bring them back, uh, depending on what you decide tonight, either to a future uh, uh, agenda of, our, of this board or bring those recommendations directly to the city commission. A couple other options. Uh, we could start a new RFP process for the areas of the hangar that's not occupied by Livestar. So you kind of saw those areas tonight. And if, it, if it's not clear um, what areas uh, are kind of available, we can... Uh, discuss those. Um, so if a, if the board desires to go through a new RFP process, we kind of need some clear direction. You know, is it to bring new businesses to the airport? Uh, should LifeStar have a priority use of that hangar? Um, should selling the hangar be an option or not? Um, and that's kind of the second option I have listed. Um, and that was one of the options of the RFP that we, you know, initially issued back in November. And I, I can't say in hindsight, the result of kind of that RFP process presented uh, not really a, an apples to apples uh, set of options for the evaluation committee, because a couple of the proposals we received were really strong, I would say, in terms of the purchase of the building, um, but not necessarily a clear vision for what that entity wanted to do. A couple of other uh, options we received uh, had more depth to them, for lack of a better word. Um, so, you know, staff is looking for some clear direction if we, you, you as a board, decide to go through another RFP process. We need to kind of clearly state what the goals are. Uh, final option I put out there, you know, the city's always hiring consultants for one thing or another. We could have a, a consultant take a, a good look at, you know, what the airport needs uh, and what that facility, you know, can um, handle. You know, we heard some limitations tonight uh, as you guys toured the facility, you know, of the types of aircraft that can fit in that hangar and what the kind of the current limitations are. There are, certainly are some in terms of reuse of, of that facility. So with that, I will turn it back to the board chair. All right. Um, I think it'd be best to, to start off with a little history of the recent years of the, of the Lifestar hangar. Um, Lifestar has been in Lawrence for about 20 years. LifeStar was, the hangar was modified. Uh, about $200,000 of private money was put into the hangar by Ron Rents, the tenant of the, air, of the hangar, to accommodate LifeStar. And he has been to more board meetings than I have to represent LifeStar in their interest to make sure we had an a emergency helicopter operation in Lawrence, Kansas. So he, he did originally bring it here. Um, his company has been active and in good standing with the city. And so when this process started, the question I had for the city is why 
do you not evaluate since they're looking at different rates for for rent and things like that? Why are we not just just doing that and and offering Ron, hey, this is the fair market value of the hangar. Here's what it is. And I did not get an answer. And in fact, it's been the last couple of months have been pretty challenging trying to get answers on how everything progressed to get to where it did. And the RFP is to me, shouldn't have been written the way it was written. Um, the community of, of Lawrence and Douglas County really benefit from LifeStar. And the whole time that they were starting to tell Ron that they were not going to renew his lease as, as a tenant and that they were looking at the quote highest and best use of the hangar. They wrote an RFP to accommodate one person and one company that was filling out that, that proposal. And LifeStar was not mentioned in the RFP whatsoever. And to me, not including LifeStar in any part of a hangar deal is just um, unconscionable. And so as we look deeper into how the decision was made, how the RFP was written, who it was written by, and the fact that the same person that wrote it lobbied subcommittee members to vote for the person that they wanted to go. And so it is only fitting that the RFP gets, gets thrown out. And this actually opened up some, some other doors as well is the advisory board works great with doing community events. I mean, we're good at the aviation camp at promoting the air races and bringing the community to the airport. But the primary goal of the aviation advisory board is to give the commission insight on activities at the airport. And unless the board is part of those activities, which we were completely shut out of this deal. And in fact, when I first initially asked Scott for information, I got zero. And it was, I was told at that time, it's not the board's position. The board doesn't need to be in the middle of any of this stuff, which is not true. Our board goes to the commission. We're the ones that when we meet a commissioner, we should be able to tell them all the exciting activities that we have. And somehow we need to come up with an idea of when somebody comes to the city with a confidential plan, that they're just kind of testing the waters. Okay, that needs to be private. But when that plan starts to come into action, this board needs to be involved and it needs to become above board. It needs to come out in the open. And a lot of things that have happened in the last year at the airport have not been above board. And we need to change that. We need to make sure it gets in front of this board. It means it gets out in public. If you have to hide it, then maybe it's not something we need to be doing. There's a lot of growth that can happen at the airport, a lot of positive things that, that can be going on. And it can't be done if we're trying to sneak around and do it in a backwards way. Um, somehow we need to get past how badly this situation was. And we need to come up with an idea how to move forward. We need to make sure we protect LifeStar because as far as I'm concerned, LifeStar is the most important entity we have at the airport. They're the ones that are saving lives. They're the ones that are flying accident victims. I mean, just recently there were two high profile things that, have, that they took care of. And we need to make sure that we protect them. We're very fortunate to have them establish a base here at the Lawrence Airport. And so moving forward, I think that it does need to be brought in front of this board. And I don't know how you move forward from such a, an event, but I don't think an RFP is, is appropriate when we're basically finding a roommate for LifeStar. So whoever moves into the LifeStar hangar has to be somebody that can work with them compatibly. If it's somebody that's trying to turn a profit by storing as much stuff in that hangar and putting different aircraft in there, 
if they're interfering with LifeStar and it costs us, LifeStar gets frustrated and, and moves to somebody else, Lawrence as, as a community loses out. And so as we move forward, I am interested to see what we do and how we do it. And, and we don't need to be withholding any documents. We need to just put, if it's in the plan, it needs to be presented and, and keep it going. If somebody wants to build a new FBO at the airport, bring it, bring it out, bring it in the open. Let's see what's going on. Let's make sure it's, it's feasible and it'll work. You cannot have a, you know, just a one monopoly, but it has to be appropriate. It has to be fair for everybody. And so as we move forward with other hangers, with other ground leases, we need to get, just keep everything above board and move forward. Because this one, I can tell you, was a fiasco. And it is extremely frustrating to read a lot of the comments and documents that I read. So the one thing is, at the end of the day, I want to be able to look at somebody and I want to be able to say, why did you choose this person? What did they bring to the table to make you choose that person? And it should be excitement. It should be they're bringing this new business and adventure, adventure to the airport. They're bringing this activity. They're, they're you know, if, if it's the highest and best use, you should be able to, to shout it from a rooftop and say, hey, this is, this is the highest and best use. But shutting down one company to say we're going to move somebody bigger and better into it without a person really to move in is going to be a challenge. So um, I am open to suggestions on the on the Lifestar hangar issue and see which way we can go with that. Um, like I say, it's it's like finding somebody a roommate. Um, we need somebody that whoever moves in or whoever leases the other half of that hangar really needs to be able to work with Lifestar. They're going to be sharing expenses. You know, the building only has one set of utilities. They're going to be sharing a lot of other stuff. A lot of the facilities, they are shared. And we want to make sure that, that they're compatible and we keep LifeStar and keep them going. And I've, I've told everybody all along when this was unfolding that LifeStar is my, my priority. And I didn't see it being a priority. If it was, it would have been mentioned in the RFP. And the response and people that are responding to the RFB were graded on something. You know, how do we keep Lifestar going? We need to make sure that, that we do. So I am open to, to suggestions on how we move forward from this. And the one thing I would really like to have from, from staff sometime, which now is not, I know I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, but I would like to know when an item goes from the confidential, hey, we're interested in this phase, to we're planning this and we need to put it out for review and put it in front of the aviation advisory board for comment and for for planning had that happened with this this would have been stopped way before it got to to the point that it did so does anybody have any any questions or, or comments that they they feel towards this chris I'd say, Richard, this is Chris Coleman, uh, aviation board member. Um, yeah, I heard from other people in the community about the importance of Lifestar, and it, it is, it seems to be something the community really wants to support. Seems to me in this situation, we ought to consider leasing the entire hangar to uh Lifestar and and then allow them the ability to sublease and as you said as you say let them choose their roommate and dictate the terms to the the partner that they choose that way they're in control and and we're helping to ensure that Lifestar you know is is going to be operating at at our airport. 
I was thinking something along the same lines. If we could get Lifestar to expand and take over the whole building, they could sublease out the part that's empty right now if they're interested in doing that. My question is for Scott, is there any restriction on subleasing? I don't know how that's been done in the past. I understand that previously it was just a handshake with uh, from Gutworks to uh, Lifestar, which, I mean, it's an honorable thing, but are there any legality? I know when I was leasing other hangars, I had to have any sublease approved by the city or the county or the university in my case before I could do that. I'd like to address that comment, Clancy. Okay. Um, it's Ron Renz, who used to have the Gutworks hangar. Yeah. We leased the hangar. We had we had plans to do something totally different than we ended up. Mm -hmm. We brought Lifestar here because it allowed us to save our business. Mm -hmm. And that sublease was 100% approved, not only by the airport advisory board, it was approved by the city commission. Okay. Under a 7-0 vote. Okay. That sublease changed significantly when Medtrans bought Lifestar. So oh. typically, we significantly we could not lease a sublease to Medtrans without city approval. Mm -hmm. We went back to the city manager's office for approval of that. We've been waiting for ten years for approval of that sublease. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that the sublease that we submitted to the city is virtually identical word for word to the sublease that Hetrick has with Eurotech because it was written by the same attorney. Hetrick's sublease to your tech was approved in two weeks. I'm still waiting for approval, 10 years later, for approval for the Medtrans lease because there has been a significant discrimination by one person who is no longer employed by the city against my business. And that's why. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. It wasn't <laughs> I gathered. <laughs> okay. I think I would I would also uh, agree with the previous statement here. It's, as long as it's an equitable for the city at least to do the whole, I think uh, it can't be at the risk of the city. But as long as it makes equitable sense for them to lease the whole thing, it does make sense for them to pick their own thing. Any one of us in here could be the very next person that's, that needs to be in the helicopter. I just heard they need to be a little light on field to pick me up, but um, that that's something I think I took very seriously as we went through there. Um, literally anyone in this room could be the next one in there and I want that here. Um, and I think that could be, as long as it makes sense to the city, it makes sense to the county and the community. And um, I would vote for having to lease the whole thing to, to them as, as long as they were on board for that. Do we know if they're on board for that? I know they're. Banned. I think that's something we can. The motion could be that the city work out a lease agreement with Lifestar to as long as they're in, and it could be part of their month to month lease. Because I know there are some other other people that are trying to maybe improve Lifestar's um, facilities for them and uh, and do some other things that will add to keeping them more updated. Maybe actually have real plumbing in there. Who's responsible for what in terms of updating in the building? Well, the city owns the building. Right. But as far as the amenities inside, I'm not sure how that would work because that's improving for the tenant and that may probably be a, a tenant thing. But I don't know that that's, you know, where that's going to be. I think that's something maybe we could, as a board, have a motion 
that the city um, engage in, in that type of discussion with LifeStar and come back to the board with, with what kind of agreement they have that then the city would approve whatever um, subleaks that they, they come in. Um, the challenge with that is, is if it is a month to month lease and if LifeStar does <coughs> decide to upgrade facilities, um, what happens to that tenant? If LifeStar does decide at the end of the month to, to try a different facility, which may be coming to our airport, um, what does that do with that? Yeah, and why would they want to upgrade anything if they aren't going to yep. get a long-term lease? Well, and I think that's a, a, a good possibility. So, I can address that other question that you had. Is LifeStar interested in doing that? Hmm. I can't tell you what they were doing, what they what their opinions are now. But when I started negotiating with LifeStar, when I submitted my my response to the RFP was, they do not want to be in the property management business. They're not in the property management business. They're an air ambulance company. That's their business. Yeah, because now, that may have changed because I haven't talked with LifeStar about that for a long time. And so I'm kind of speaking out. All I know is there's probably only one other person in this building that wanted LifeStar here more than anybody else. And that would be me. I brought them here. They made my business work. They made the community work. And we all benefited because of that. Now you got a problem. Thank you, Ron. So do we need a, a motion for the city to negotiate the continuation of their extended part of that hangar? to accommodate LifeStar, what do we need to do for that part? Well, staff is looking for a clear direction on this issue. I would certainly want a recorded vote if that's the direction of the board for staff to, we would take this recommendation to the city commission uh, and Diane can correct me if I'm wrong uh, for final, because you guys are an advisory board for final authorization. And the action before the city commission would be to authorize staff to enter into lease negotiations with LifeStar. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, uh, we're, the staff is looking for a direction at tonight's meeting. I, I don't know if we've exhausted all the public. I have. Uh, I have one more question. Board what, what would? What are the pros and cons, Scott, of the potential sale of this building? Your re, the documentation I looked at mentioned that there are some significant FAA airport management considerations in selling either the hangar or the ground lease or something like that. So, I mean, is, is that, did we get any kind of realistic um, feedback on that kind of proposition? Um, the, so the question is on the, the sale of the hangar, which yeah. we had had in the original RFP, and we did receive responses back from several firms uh, that wanted to buy the hangar. The whole thing. To my, to, to the whole thing. Of course, the city would have to maintain a ground lease. We can't sure. sell sure. airport property, so we would lease a portion of the underlying ground mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. the purchaser of the building. Uh, so that is an option. Um, it was <laughs> quite frankly, surprised by the appraisal number we, we got back on a 60-year-old facility. Um, but as some people know, uh, steel prices are increasing and uh, uh, it's expensive to build a, a brand new hangar uh, at our airport. So um, it does have value. One of the things that staff discussed when we had that option in the RFP was, you know, each year that we get uh, 
CIP projects awarded from FAA, they, they come at a little cost. There's a, usually a local match uh, that matches uh, is usually about mm-hmm. 10%. And on a, you know, a couple million dollar project, that adds up. So one of the thinkings of staff and having that option in the RFP is we could utilize uh, some of the funds from sale of that asset for helping us make our local matches uh, on FAA CIP projects versus having to ask the governing body to dip into general city general funds, uh, which come from our local mill levies. Uh, so that, that was a consideration uh, we, we had talked about with staff. Um, in terms of moving forward, though, if it's the intent of um, you know this body to make sure Lifestar is in, is on our property, um, you know that with this particular hangar, if we were to sell the building, it would get a little more complicated, I think, because Lifestar is not in the building acquisition uh, business. Right. They for, in talking with Lifestar management, they lease buildings, so they did not. And they put in a response to the RFP, but it was for a lease of the entire building. Yeah, and I gathered that they didn't want to purchase. So, right. Um, so, so I think it's is that is is it is it a potential restriction on on a sale of the building if we if that were the decision? I'm not saying it is. I'm just asking the question. I mean, can you restrict the use of the building if you sell it to keeping Lifestar there because of a, a, if we sign a lease with them, for example? I know that some properties get sold with a lease in place that stays in place. So I don't know if that's a possibility or not. I would have to probably work with our city attorney staff on some complicated, probably ground lease arrangements. I think there are a lot of questions to explore that option. My my personal feeling on it is is uh, with what Chris said is that we enter into a lease agreement with Lifestar, and if things for, come through like like they may come through, Lifestar might not be in that hangar very much longer. I mean, it may be mm-hmm. just a year or so. But if if Lifestar while they're in that hangar while they want to be a tenant. I say that we allow them to to choose and be the the tenant and, and choose who they sublease to. But at the event that this lease is expired, then at that point in time, the city look at um, the sale of the building with a, a ground lease. And one big advantage for the city is if you sell the building, you no longer have to maintain that building. One counter of it is is once the city doesn't own that building. Whoever owns it now pays property tax on it. As long mm-hmm. as it's a function of the city, especially life store, yeah. there there is no property tax collected on that that building. Okay. But once it's sold, then that private property owner would would become liable mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. tax. So um, so what I'm hearing is that we want to have staff look into a, a, a temporary lease the whole building for Lifestar and allow Lifestar to choose a, a sublease tenant if, if they wish? Is it for the city to kind of negotiate with Lifestar to do that? Do you want me to turn that into a motion? Well, I think yeah. we have some more public Oh, oh I'm sorry. sorry. My only remark would be, you know, number one, identify whether Lifestar intends to you know, take the lease. If mm-hmm. that's something they want to do to begin with, that'd be the first, I think, question we'd have to ask. The other thing would be, to consider at the end of the term of that lease, whether or not there's interested uh, proposals in the community that may accomplish what your airport vision is for the, for the city and for the board, but then to uh, potentially just for consideration here, offer a potential uh, lease to own 
option, you know, whether somebody wants to buy it outright or lease it and sublease it, you know, with the same opportunity that you might offer to Lifestar, that may be something to think about. Yeah. There may be an interest either not only outright buy, but also lease to own. Okay. Yeah. Any other? Mr. Chair, if I, if I might, I'm Diane Stoddard. Um, um, just a comment, having listened to all the, the, the comments here this evening, um, it, I, I would encourage the board maybe to keep your, um, keep your motion somewhat general. It sounds like there's a lot of interest in, um, I'm hearing, you know, maintaining Lifestar at the airport. Um, and and uh, yet sometimes these, are, these negotiations are sensitive. Um, we don't know what the, the other party maybe has an interest in. Um, so I would suggest maybe keeping your recommendation somewhat broad that suggests that the city, you know, work with Lifestar to try and negotiate Negotiate something that will um, be able to keep them here longer term. And then, um, you know, that en enables us some flexibility that we can, we can come back with once we know a little bit more about the intentions um, of, of Lifestar and what, what kind of arrangements might work with them. That would just be my suggestion. Okay. So the, the terms would be um, have staff work with Lifestar to an, for an equitable agreement that would work for them and the hanger yes i i think so i think if you keep it somewhat broad then that enables us the opportunity to um, have some conversations with them and see what um what their response is to any number of of different possibilities but it sounds like the the board has has an interest in you know making sure that lifestar um, is maintained at the airport and if that's reflected the motion would be good to say something along those lines and i think with that that gives us a lot of flexibility to talk with them Hi. diane excuse me oh, thank you these communications then that you would enter into then would be more transparent we would have an opportunity to know more about the procedures as they're going through well, I mean, I would say that um, with these kind of negotiations, there does need to be some confidentiality associated with it. But I think if the board gives a general recommendation to the city, what we could do is um, work within the parameters of that recommendation to see what the interest of Lifestar is and see if we might be able to bring something that we think reflects the recommendation of the board, you know, and the, and the city commission back for, for consideration. But then that allows uh, the negotiations to occur in a confidential manner, um, which is probably most appropriate in these kind of situations. And with the company themselves, because there has been supposition here as to what their interests truly are. Yeah, and I think that that once um once a little bit more it may be known about what Lifestar is is wanting, then we could also come back with some, you know, that may may point um, us in some direction. So for example, if um, if they're simply not interested in um, in having the lease on the entire building, we would know that piece of information. And then from there, you know, we, we could probably proceed with the next step and, and uh, um, you know, be able to proceed uh, in a good manner. I see value in that direct communication and thank you for that. Any other public comment? So the motion would be to have staff working out or work with Lifestar uh, 
So an equitable agreement to operate the hangar or lease the hangar and if so chooses for somebody to sublease portion of it be, I guess how would the, what would the best way to word not leave that in legal terms? Even if you might want to make it as broad as, you know, this board is recommending that we we work with Lifestar in such a way that enables Lifestar to be able to stay at um, at the airport and, you know, work accordingly on, um, on an agreement with um, Lifestar related to this building. Then I think that leaves it pretty broad and within which we can kind of do some, see what, what their thoughts are. We just go with the motion as Diane has stated it. <laughs> okay. be, be happy to, uh, to make that motion. Okay. There's a second. I'll second it. Move to second it. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, 6-0. All right. Um, Doug, um, we need to talk about what your plans or request is. Um, my name is Doug Compton. Um, I'm with Tetric Air. We built the, uh, the, the, new, the latest new hangar, or maybe the newest hangar that's been built in a long time. Um, We've been meeting with city staff and Scott um, about building a second hangar. Um, our plans were done probably a year ago. We reached a deal with the city to build a second hangar um, just to the south of the 20,000 square foot hangar that we currently have. What's happened in that same year was price of steel has gone up 30 some percent. And so the second hangar, which is about 3,000 feet smaller than the last hangar we built, came in about came in about uh, 20 percent higher than we built the last hangar for that's 3,000 square foot bigger. So we've kind of been waiting for the price of steel to come back down to build the second hangar. Since then, there's been so much interest. Our hangar's full. We don't have any more space and we're turning away business every day. So we met with city staff a few months ago. I met with Diane and Scott and some other city planners. Instead of building a 17,000 square foot hangar, we're looking at building an 80,000 square foot hangar. And I talked to Rich yesterday about sharing our plans with the advisory board um, at their next meeting. He told me it was in August. I asked if we could maybe meet sooner than August. Um, because if we are going to do this, um, it's something we'd like to start on before wintertime comes. Um, it used to be when we'd order a metal building, we could get them in 90 days. Now it's nine months to a year to get a metal building, um, on top of the, of the, uh, 30% cost increase, uh, from steel, but because we have so many people that have requested to move their airplanes. There's just no hangar space out there. There's none at the downtown airport. There's none in, in at Johnson County. There's just no space. So we actually have probably six jets that we could move to Lawrence as soon as the new hangar's done. So instead of building a 17,000 square foot hangar, we're now looking at an 80,000 square foot hangar. We had already worked with the city about extending the existing, what do you want to call that? Taxiway. Yes. And I think the city actually put it in our budget to extend it to our 17,000 square foot proposed hangar. 
So what we'd have to work with the city with now is also if we, we build an 80,000 square foot hangar, which the site plan's been done. We actually have architects working on the, the building as we speak. That taxiway is going to be extended now further than what we originally requested the city to do. Um, my proposal would be as soon as our plans are done in the next 30 days, I would like to be back in front of this, this board, share those plans with you, share um, the amenities that we'd be bringing with the new 80,000 square foot hangar. Um, and those negotiations are going on right now. They're about done. I would say we're probably a week or two away from having those done. Um, and I think it will be exciting for the airport. It would be all new service. Not only would it be about half the hangar would be used, about 40,000 feet would be used to store um, existing aircraft like we do in the 20,000 square foot hangar. The other 40,000 feet would actually be um, a paint interior and a maintenance shop. And we've already negotiated a deal with, um, with another company that has locations at other major cities that would come up and do a joint venture with us to provide those services in the other 40,000 square foot. So now you're talking about a game changer at the airport. You're talking about planes coming. We, we currently own four of our own airplanes, two twin engine turboprops and then two jets. We currently have to send those things, St. Louis, Centennial, Colorado, LA. And the problem we have right now is it's six months to a year to get an airplane in right now to even get service work done. It's kind of like everything else has been affected by COVID. You can't get them in. So the game changer for the airport would be, and all of a sudden you're talking about aircraft coming from all the United States to Lawrence, Kansas, whether it's to get paint, interior, maintenance work. So part of that whole negotiation was, and I told Diane and Scott this, we had also talked to Lifestyle about moving them into our new facility. They gave us their floor plans they wanted, you know, they were excited about maybe getting brand new space because they're in a 60 year old hangar or because our goal was based on the last RFP was to keep them at the airport, give them brand new space. Um, if that's a possibility, fine. If, if lifestyle would rather stay at the hangar they're at, we understand that. Um, I just wanted to make sure they stayed at the airport and I was trying to offer them versus spending a huge amount of money to, refurbish a 60 year old hangar we could do that at the same time we're building our 80,000 square foot hangar and we'd make them priority we'd give them the location they wanted um so that's part of our plan that the uh, land planning engineering has worked on right now for the site plan when all that's done in the next 30 days i would like to be able to come back and share all that plan with you all get your input um at that time i could share who the national company is that we'd be teaming up with to do paint interior and maintenance stuff like that um and i'd be happy to provide a list of other aircraft owners that have already reached out to us about leasing space in the new hangar so it could be a ton new activity at the airport um it's it's more fuel sales um it's 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 more sales tax revenue off of sales tax off of the parts and services and all that stuff it could be as many as 20 to 25 new jobs um, created at the airport. So, um, it, it's, I didn't come down here tonight really to lay all that out there, but since we're talking about everything and I think Rich already knows some of these plans, I've met with Scott <laughs> and Diane, 
um, we're pretty far along, not that I expected approval, we're pretty far along of coming up with a concept plan that we could bring to you all and get your input on it. Doug, would that stay under the Hetrick name? Yes. Well, Hetrick Air would still remain. I mean, that's just such an important part of Lawrence Airport. And, and they still have their maintenance shop that they would continue to do. And, you know, they're a Robinson or we're a Robinson helicopter dealer. We currently have two helicopters right now sitting at Hangar 5 in Kansas City. We don't have any place for them. Um, so, yeah, all that, you know, Hetrick Air would continue to operate like it does now and run its maintenance shop, do its Robinson helicopters. Um, but Hetrick wouldn't be involved in the new operation in the 80,000 square foot hangar. The, uh, the one concern that Doug has is a lot of things in aviation are delay, and the sooner you can get started on them, the better. And so he's requested that when these plans get formulated, that we organize an unscheduled aviation advisory board to meet, to go over this criteria, to, if we approve it, get it moving, allow them to keep going so they can break ground as soon as possible to bring this new addition to the airport and uh, can do that. So I guess that's what we're going to do is uh, you're thinking about 30 days. So sometime toward late June, we, we, were, we would like to be back in front of you late June with our plan. So it's been a long time since we had. My only request is not the 20th to the 24th. Well, I was thinking, though, you've already <laughs> been at the airport. So if we have the meeting. Yeah, for, there, for 18 hours a day. <laughs> uh, but I would like to, to yeah. keep that open. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know with the Open Meetings Act that I just can't reach out to you guys, but we can reach out through Scott. And uh, when Doug lets, uh, lets staff know, lets us know, I would like to be able to react and, and try and get that going so we can keep things moving when, uh, while we can. And having an 80,000 square foot facility out there would be incredible. And that's, I mean, when the master plan was drawn up about, what, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, this was not even part of their image that they thought this is, would do. The biggest addition we thought we were going to get then was some more tea acres, and which we still could work on. We still need to do that for, for community people, but we really do need to act on this and, and, and keep it going. Yeah, when we, we spent almost $3 million building the last hangar, and, you know, I wasn't sure that we'd have planes other than the ones we owned in there. And, you know, on game days, our planes are setting outside so we can put um, – graduation for football games for basketball games those people come to town and they want to park their planes inside because of weather our planes are setting outside because they're setting inside um but an eighty thousand square foot hangar is not three million dollars it's 20 million dollars um there's five um platted lots to the south of our new hangar we've at we will need four of those five platted lots we've we've uh briefly discussed with the city that to replat um, that into one lot for those lots because 80,000 square foot hang will eat up for those lots. Um, but like I said, the site plan is basically done. Um, the building engineers are in the design phase right now. Um, our agreement's probably a week or two away from being signed with a national, I mean, obviously it would be subject to yeah. <laughs> city approval this board's approval but i, I at least got to make sure they're on board 
and I have something in writing before I can come tell you what our business plan is. Awesome. I'm assuming we took care of all of the building constraints around a 5,000 foot runway, correct? With the, oh, no, that's, yeah, that'd be part of the site plan issue. Oh, I was all the, yeah, all the setbacks and FAA approvals. Once you're over 5,000 feet, they're real picky about where you put stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it, the current hangar we built, you know, it had to be sprinkled. Um, when you talk about now building 80,000 square foot, um, it's not um, a liquid um, um, fire suppression system. It's, it's, a, it's a dry powder system. You start talking about putting a paint booth in and maintenance repair. I mean, the whole building codes completely change. Yeah. And that's why it's a $20 million hanger and not a $3 million hanger. Especially the paint side. Paint's a big deal. Yeah. You can call five of the major, you can call you can call uh, West Star in St. Louis, you can call Centennial, you can call Textron in Wichita. It's a year out right now to get a plane painted or serviced or interior work done. Yeah. A year. It's your high paying salaries too. It's good for the community. It, it's unbelievable. It's awesome. It's my world. So it's, it's, it's an exciting, we've been working on it for a couple months now. Um, I apologize. I've not been in front of the advisory board, um, but we kind of had to test um, the waters with city staff um, because it is such a big um, request and, a, and it's, it, it's, it's such a big opportunity um, I think the city of Lawrence will benefit from it. The, it'll really be a game changer for the airport. Um, and we're excited about it. We have our funding all lined up for it. Um, that is incredible. As long as we get a little help from the city on some incentives, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, we'll be good to go. Doug, when you, I'm sorry. Quite all right. When you have, do you have estimated economic impact? We're doing all that right now. So when you return, that will be with you. We will have a business plan that will show you revenues, projected revenues based on other shops that this company currently owns. That so we can kind of give you a rough idea of the volume that we'll do, um, exactly how many employees we'll hire, what their pay will be, um, all that economic impact to the yes. city. Thank you. That's awesome. So it's it's exciting. Um, it will, it will help our charter business at the airport right now, which only benefits um, the community here because it's pretty tough right now to find a charter company if you want to charter a, a jet or if you want to charter a twin-engine turboprop. I mean, there's just not a lot of charter companies out there. We have a Part 135 at Hedrick Air. Um, we would add multiple other airplanes to that charter company. So now you're talking about bringing people from Kansas City, Topeka, wherever to charter aircraft out of Lawrence Airport, which all this becomes a domino effect because then my request to the city is we've got a FBO that was built in 1984 and we want to bring it up to 2022, which means carpet and paint and get rid of 30 year old furniture and, and stuff like that. We've offered to participate in that cost. Um, we've already shared that with the city. We would like to see a sign put down on what is 2440 yeah. on Airport, Airport Road. Yeah. We have participated in that sign. Uh, now that you've officially changed the name of the airport, um, you know, I'm sure Hedrick, I'm sure uh, Eurotech, which has been a phenomenal tenant at the airport and what they bring there. I mean, they bring 
helicopters from all over the United States. I mean, and I know, I think they have plans um, in the works, maybe build a second hangar to the south where they're at now, like a 20,000 square foot hangar. Um, so you talk about what Eurotech's doing, what Hedrick Air's doing, um, building another 80,000 square foot hangar. I mean, it, it's a real impact on what's there right now. Exactly. I think that hangar alone doubles more than everything we have there already. I mean, our hangar now is beautiful. Sometimes I get my feelings hurt when they always want to show off head or uh, Eurotex hangar because I think ours is prettier. <laughs> um, but it's always open to the public. Um, we have great break rooms. We have great kitchens. We have great conference rooms. Uh, it's a beautiful facility, and it's always open to the general public. All pilots that fly in now, we offer them to use our our facilities um, if they need a, a break. I mean, we have a shower in there if they need to shower and change clothes. We have a laundry facility. We have a, a clothes steamer. They can steam their pilot out. I mean, it, it's it's awesome. Yes. So. Like I said, we have had conversations with Livestar. Um, we're not trying to take them from the city hangar, um, but if they decide they want to stay there, that's great. If they want a brand new facility and they want to move over to our 80,000 square foot, we've already, we've already designed that for them, but that's not a deal breaker for us. We appreciate, we appreciate what you brought to the airport. Yeah, I would like to have the ability to, once our, once our plans, are 75% complete, then we can be back in front of you all. Okay. And it'd be in the next 30 days. But we'll work around the 20th to the 24th. <laughs> as long as we yeah. can have the meeting at the airport, it's okay. Yeah. We would love to have it there. We need to have it in our hangar if you want to. <laughs> no, no, no. I have to be right there. <laughs> yeah. so, okay. That was awesome. So if there's any questions, um, I can answer them. Um, do we want it down here tonight to, but I did talk to Rich yesterday about it and all um, to, to just make sure everybody knows that I did have a conversation with Rich about it. Um, I have had a conversation with Scott Wagner and Diane Starr and some other city staff, but it wasn't to do anything that was, I, I was just trying to follow the process to make sure that we could do what we wanted to do if, if we move forward. So we appreciate that. How much notice do we have to give for another an off-schedule meeting, Scott? Uh, I've got the bylaws here. I, I don't know that we have to give a particular it. day's notice, but the chair can yeah. call a special meeting, and then it would just be me as staff touching base with you guys to see yeah. when you, you can meet. Do we need a motion for that? I don't think so. <laughs> Let me peruse the bylaws. That would just be a notice. Just a, it would be a notice. It would be a notice in the minutes, yeah. though. That's all. Worst case scenario, we can still join by Zoom or something, correct? With that, we can still join remotely if you We can do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. We don't have to have everybody present, but we always enjoy seeing everybody face to face. Yeah. Well, this is kind of weird. This is, it is weird. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> we're usually facing each other at, yeah. the, at the table like a con. I'd rather meet the airport. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like that a lot. That's my comfort zone. There you go. I, I do stand corrected. It says um, we have to provide at least 48 hours notice for any okay. special oh, Okay. Well, Special meetings of the board for any purposes uh, may be called by the chair of the board or by four members of the board. Okay. Okay. So if you need a motion. So if I reach out to the chair. If you reach out to me and okay. we can put a 48-hour notice out. That okay. 
Thank you. And we'll I appreciate everybody's time. And if it's during that week, we can do it all at the airport. <laughs> that is cool. Doug, we appreciate it. Okay. Thank you all. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, so the next uh, officially scheduled meeting is August 3rd, but we will plan on a meeting in between and get this going. If it's before the air race, then we can touch base and make sure we're all in line and just add that, but the primary will be to uh, address that. And I think that's one of those, those issues that is pretty good to do is figure out the differences when that goes from the planning stage where it's confidential with the city, we're putting this together to when it goes in front of the advisory board and then the commission. So I, uh, does anybody else have any, any comments, any questions? If not, uh, we can adjourn. Yeah. I so move. <laughs> motion. Who moves? There's a motion by Clancy. Yeah. Second. Okay. Second by Jim. All in favor? Aye. All right. All right. Thank you. All. Meeting is adjourned. Thank you. It's a little more exciting than I was.